Welcome to Up Next with Tommy Lee, with influential Christian leaders sharing their passions and purpose in personal conversations. And now, founder and president of Resource Global, managing partner of Barnabas Group Chicago, and your host on Up Next, Tommy Lee. Well, good afternoon, everyone. I hope that you are enjoying the Saturday afternoon as you're driving um, uh, in your car or spending time with family. My name is Jimmy Lee. I'm sitting in for my brother, Tommy, who is out of the country, hosting a number of events in Southeast Asia. And my co-host today is Dr. John Feuder. Doc, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jimmy. My pleasure. Yeah. And we also have a special guest today on the phone. Um, is Her name is Angela Yi. Angela is the Executive Director of Ministry Development for the Evangelical Covenant Church in Chicago. She is a mother of two uh, a wife, as well as a transplant from sunny Southern California. So, Angela, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, Angela, tell us, like, uh, you know, I'm sure everyone always asks you, how's the winter like in <laughs> Chicago compared to L.A.? But I guess from, for me, I'm like, tell me a couple of things that you've enjoyed so far about living here in the city of Chicago. Yeah, so I actually grew up in the Chicago area oh, wow. out in a suburb called Schaumburg. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was, yeah, so I was there until I graduated from college and then moved to California. And I never thought I would be back, but here I am again. So it's been really nice coming back and being reacquainted. I know this is going to sound really odd, but the very favorite thing I like is that it rains here. Because ah. <laughs> in Southern California, yeah. it's like depressingly sunny all the time. Mm, but you didn't say snow, Angela. You just said rain, right? <laughs> yeah, not, not so crazy. Although it is awfully nice looking out the window seeing the snow come down. Yeah. yeah. So I am really enjoying all the green, you know, trees, like things actually grow here. They're not all dead. (laughs) So, yes, I do enjoy that a lot. We're feeling the love. Yeah, (laughs) Angel, I was just reading about your background. Uh, It's fun to know that you grew up in Schaumburg. Um, I also saw that you were a designer, a musician, a published author, an event coordinator. You've had quite a bit of a career, haven't you? Yes, it's been kind of a long and twisty journey. It's one of those things where uh, I heard a calling to ministry when I was already a mom, and I didn't know what that meant. So I've just kind of dabbled in lots of things and tried lots of different activities and experiences, and through that, been able to hone a little bit more what my calling is. I realized, too, over time that because I am a creative person, Most creatives I know have their hands in a lot of things. They like to try a lot of things. That's just part of keeping sharp creatively. So I think that's partly what contributed to my experiences as well. Mm -hmm. What would you say is your defining passion, Angela? Would it be kind of helping others discover what their life journey can look like? Or how would you kind of, I know this is a lot of years that you've been doing this stuff, but what is it that you feel like really... um, excites you the most deeply as far as ministry stuff? You know, that's a great question. I've actually been reflecting on that quite a bit as I've gone through so much transition lately. And even last week was having a conversation with a pastor friend, and I defined it down to three things. Okay. So number one would be creating. That's the creative part, reflecting God as a creator and being able to just express creativity. Another would be building. Like, I love creating order out of chaos and mm-hmm. building systems. 
to help organizations function better and individuals as well. And then the third one will be equipping. And that's really helping people grow into whatever they are meant to be and uh, accomplishing all that God has laid out for them. And so helping to train people, equip them with practical skills. So I don't think I'm as much of a, you know, some people really love to inspire. I'm more like, I just like to give you the tools so that your life can be less stressful and you could do what you're called to do and find great joy in that. Wow, I love that. Does this current role that you have enable you to kind of play to your strengths, so to speak? Would you say that? These three, is there mm. that order? Is there one or two of those more than others or all of the above kind of? Or Yeah, you know, that's a great question too. I, I, I've really been trying, I'm new in my role right now. So I have been here since October and didn't move until January. So I'm still relatively new to my role. And we've had tons of transition in the leadership. So I'm still figuring out my role. So I can't say especially like, oh, this is like a great, great fit here or there, just because everything keeps changing. But if I had to reflect on my past experience for the last two years before I came here, I was actually on my own doing church consulting, leadership systems development, and design. And at that point, I felt like, oh, that exactly was what my calling was, and it aligned really well. I do see parts of it playing out here, and I'm hoping over time it can be moving more in that direction as well. Uh, But because of the transition, it's really hard to say if, you know, what exactly my role will be, since we're all trying to figure it out right now. It seems like across the board, there's a number of different denominations who are kind of going through some of those transitions as well, too. Whether it's because of the changing demographics, whether it's because of the political nature that we live in, or even because um, a new generation of younger people are kind of taking over some of these churches and leadership positions. Mm -hmm. How has um, the ECC, the the Evangelical Covenant Church, how have you kind of maneuver through that. And I granted, I understand that you're also new in this position as well, too. Yeah, I've actually been in the covenant for 17 years or something, wow, 10, 17. 12, 17, something like that. It's been quite a while, but it's really been on a local church pastor type of context. So this is the first time I've been in the denominational offices. And there's been a lot of transition here. We're a 130-year-old don- denomination and have had a lot of stable leadership over the years. But right now, with 11 of our senior leaders, eight of them are new since September. Mm, wow. And it wasn't anything intentional. It just kind of happened because of some natural transitions, the people transitioning off for various reasons, that so many of us are new all at once. So it feels like there's kind of new leadership in place, a new season, and it's learning how we really hold what is the core of our identity and our history and appreciate that, but then also help move us towards the future so that we can better serve the churches mm-hmm. in our denomination. Yeah. Well, we, you are listening to Up Next on AM 1160. I'm Jimmy Lee, and my co-host today is Dr. John Feuder. And um, we were just talking to Angela Yee from the Evangelical Covenant Church. Angela, we, I, my familiarity with the ECC has been through North Park University here in Chicago. Oh, yeah. A number of the guys there and things that we're doing broadly in the city together. Uh, but now you say you're traveling a lot nationally, too. What, what, I, I don't even know what that looks like in other cities. Like I'm looking at your bio and a part of churches ranging in size from 30 to 24,000. What, what, yeah. what, where, <laughs> where, where, where is that? I guess is what I'm, I'm just trying to. Um, what, what, yes. what did that look like? 
Yeah, so that's my own personal history. Uh, I have served at covenant churches, and I've also served at non-covenant okay. churches. got it. So 30, for example, I helped plant a covenant church this past year. Wow. And so it was a smaller church when it first got planted. 24,000 is because I served at a large mega church that was not got a covenant it. church I wondered for about a couple that. of years. Okay. Yeah, got yeah. It. So that's why I said, and, and I've also served at many churches, everything in between as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you found that your previous experience in the design world um, has really kind of helped you with what you're doing right now? It has. So one of the things I feel that is really where, or maybe how I think, is that I'm a visual thinker and strategist. So to me, words are not enough because they're a little too vague. I have to get it down on paper or on the computer. So whenever I do strategizing sessions, it usually involves visuals of some kind. So I'm running a meeting this week, and our agenda actually is an 11 by 17 sheet of paper that's all infographics and visuals Mm. to help us keep us on track and remember all of the factors that we're considering. That's just kind of naturally how I think. Uh, and I found that also because we live in a visual society that that kind of skill is really <clears> helpful <throat> because then we can think about how do we better reach people knowing that words are powerful and they're very important, but that with a visual society, having visuals to explain also uh, can create an even huger impact. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've started recognizing that the church has really started embracing design, right? The, the importance yeah. of place, the importance mm-hmm. of, like you said, being able to tell stories, the importance of being able to help paint a picture so that individuals can really kind of see for themselves what God's doing in a very unique perspective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Are, are you seeing that, Angela? Are, would you say that's a trend more recently that you're um, um, kind of celebrating more or less, I guess, or encouraging more of? Yes, I think in part it's been aided by technology because the more easy it is for people to be able to create quality visuals, the more people embrace it. So I remember early on looking at church websites that they were just so awful, you know, <laughs> 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 really, like bright red text. And I mean, I'm sure you've seen those kind yeah, of sites. Yeah. And now there's so many templates out there. It's like boom, boom, click, click. And then suddenly a church has a great website. So, or like being able to even use your phone to make videos. There's so much more technology now. And I think that's really a gift to churches because then they can utilize those and really focus on creating better presentations. Do you think there are other, do you ever feel like there could be any um, negatives to us really kind of looking at design and, and, you know, like, is there ever any negatives in kind of moving down this particular path? Yes, actually, I experienced them myself. You know, because when I first started as a designer, I was like, oh, everything's got to look so great. And we had an itty-bitty small startup church. This was many, many years ago. And I made it look like a mega church. And so when we posted advertisements, people would be like, what? Like, this is totally not what the graphics showed. And I realized that it ended up hurting us because we weren't accurately portraying who we were. So sometimes I think there could be an overemphasis on graphics and things looking really nice and not being a true reflection of where the organization really is. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and you're listening to Up Next on AM 1160. My name is Jimmy Lee. Our co-host today is Dr. John Feeder, and we're spending some time this afternoon talking to Angela Yee from the Evangelical Covenant Church. 
for uh, this particular interview as well as other interviews in the future, please go to www.upnext.city and we'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Up Next with Tommy Lee on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Hi, you're listening to Up Next on AM 1160. My name is Jimmy Lee, and my co-host today is Dr. John Feuder. Hey, Jimmy. I'm sitting in for my brother, Tommy, who is out of the country hosting an event in Indonesia. And our guest today is Angela Yee with the Evangelical Covenant Church. Angela, thank you so much for being here this afternoon with us. You are very welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, well, Angela, one of the things we were talking about offline um, during the break was how megachurches are kind of going through a transition. Here in Chicago, um, we've seen two big churches, Willow Creek Community Church as well as Harvest, go through not just a change in leadership, um, but some issues with their founding pastor. And as a result, it's affected both the congregation as well as the staff who are living and, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, who are working there as well, too. Would love to kind of hear your perspectives on were there some of the things that we need to be aware of in, as we're talking about mega churches, and how do we make sure that these churches are also providing accountability, um, and also, you know, how are they changing, you know, um, in their society today too? Yeah, so I grew up in a really small church. My dad was a church planter, and he planted, but it was Chinese speaking, so. My sister and I, in order to keep ourselves refreshed spiritually on Wednesdays, we actually attended Willow Creek Community mm, Church, which yeah. at that time was already a really, really huge church. Yeah. So we loved it. I, the feeding that we got was amazing. We so wanted to attend, but we couldn't because we were helping my dad plant his own church. And then over the years, what's happened is that because of the going from 30, churches of 30 to churches of 24,000, I've had a lot of experiences in all sorts of different contexts. And so when it comes to megachurches, I think I just really affirmed that God has created churches of all sizes and all shapes, and they're all important. I don't believe that you know, a megachurch is, is better than a smaller church, a smaller church is better than a megachurch. I think we need all of them because they all reach different kinds of people. So that's one thing I definitely wanted to affirm, that I value churches of every shape and size, um, whatever context that they are, that they're there to fulfill God's mission in whatever context he has planted them. Mm-hmm. So I have served at a couple of different mega churches, uh, some that, larger churches, 800, 1200, uh, then really much larger, 13,000, 24,000. And what's interesting in being all in all the churches is that in some ways they're all alike. They all have people who are broken and who are fallen. Uh, as well as amazing people. And so you kind of get have to hold the tension in that, knowing that I'm very grateful for amazing, amazing leaders, but realize that all of us have that fallen nature in us and that that comes out in different ways. And I think it gets magnified when you're a leader. Mm-hmm. Those areas that might be your weaknesses that might not show up as much if you're you know, not in the, in the limelight, they really get magnified many times over when you're in a leadership position, and especially the larger organization that you're in, the more it gets magnified. So I've just been really heartbroken as I've seen things from afar, hearing things happen. Um, my prayers are with the churches. It's very, very difficult to go through all of all that has been um, going on 
And it's also a reiteration of the importance of accountability, I think, so you know, um, yeah. realizing that people aren't to be placed on a pedestal. Only God really is, is the one who needs to be in that position, that all of us have tendencies. Um, the heart is deceitful above all things, yeah. and we need the people yeah. around us who are truth tellers and mm-hmm. who will lovingly, you know, watch out for us. How do you, uh, Angel, how do you carry that into your role now with the ECC? Um, there, there seems to be seasons or rhythms of some of this, you know, God raises up something, thrives. Uh, and how, the, the, the principles that you're talking about that are inherent, you know, accountability community, what does that look like as you go forward in, in, in consulting and stewarding churches in this season? Um, principles that you write, whether it's big or small, a lot of the, 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 the actual fundamental blocks that make up the body of Christ. What, 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 how do you see that as you, you know, you talk about being creative, building, equipping. What, what does that practically look like for you now as you're, I, I know it's new in this role, but as you move forward. So we have one of the ministry areas that we have is called church revitalization. Okay. And I just love this area because they go into churches and they help them become more healthy. Yes. So it's not just looking at leadership systems, but it's also having honest conversations sometimes with our pastors. We have another area called uh, Develop Leaders, which is taking care of our clergy. It's making sure that they have the accountability, that they have the support and the care. So really being able, and I really love that our executive minister who's in charge of that is really taking a proactive approach. Mm. So instead of being reactive on the back end when somebody does something wrong, it's being on the front end saying, wow, you're going through a hard time right now. How do we walk you Walk with you through this so that you don't end up in that kind of place. Mm, that's so good. Mm, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let me say, we're, t- we're listening to Up Next on AM 1160. I'm Jimmy Lee, and our co-host today is Doc Feeder, and we're talking to Angela Yee with the Evangelical Covenant Church this afternoon. Can you talk more about the church revitalization program? What, what that practically, is it, is it sort of like um, rebooting something that maybe has struggled as the neighborhood's changed or or not adapting well, what, what does that look like to revitalize a, a local body of believers? It really depends on the church. Okay. It's not kind of this one-size-fits-all approach. There's lots of different aspects to it. So there are some kind of stock trainings that people can go through. There's some processes they can go through with appreciative inquiry in terms of talking to your congregation and trying to distill the best of your church and really building on that and then addressing the areas where it's unhealthy. Or it could just be kind of coaching type of things. Like there's all sorts of different approaches. So when I was on my own, when I was doing consulting with churches, that was kind of what I did. I would go into different churches, and every church pretty much had a different kind of structure or or different challenge in some way. And sometimes they were people-related, sometimes they were systems-related, sometimes they were culture-related. So I would meet with the leadership teams and really try to distill maybe some of the key elements of what was causing this disconnect and then talk about what kind of training do you need, what kind of coaching, what are some systems that need to be put into place. So it really depends on the church because every church is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you get pushback from that or no? Pretty people realize it's time to reboot, so to speak. Um, Yeah. So there's not much pushback in the sense that usually if people self-select into that program, they realize they need it. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, (laughs) that that makes sense. Right. So the ones that push back be the ones that realize, what? We don't have anything wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you trying to talk to us? (laughs) Got it. Yeah. Well, Angela, we've got a couple minutes left on our interview. And one of the things that 
Doc and I were talking about before um, our, our conversation this afternoon was Doc has two, three, actually, 20-year-old kids. Mm-hmm. They're growing up. One of them is getting married um, here yeah. in July in the next few weeks. Yeah. And then uh, I know that you have two kids who are in their 20s as well, too. Mm-hmm. As you guys are looking at the stage in your lives as parents, how would you say that you really looked at parenting and your role as parents during this time of your kids' lives? I'm going to take notes on this, Angel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to well, quote congratulations, you. Congratulations, yeah. Doc. That's yeah. Exciting. This empty nest thing, though, man, Angela, it's got to be I think I think Doc's wife is pretty yeah, sad about all of this. my wife is like, ah, yeah. you know what? <laughs> so so uh, I, I give us some you, pearls Robert. of wisdom. Uh-huh. <laughs> pearls of wisdom. Yes. You know, my husband and I thought... You know when you have kids, they have the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Donna's nodding her head right they now. Need, like, <laughs> they need a What to Expect with Adult Children. I'm telling like, you, girl, you need to write no that book. Written- <laughs> <laughs> I know. No written- I'm still figuring it out myself. Oh, man. Yeah. And especially, especially now that we moved like halfway across the country, right? They're yeah. still out in California, and we're a super close family, and so like the challenges they go through, we just wish we could be there. Mm-hmm. So I think it was really helpful for me to remember that God loves my kids more than I can there even imagine. There you go. And to know mm. that the things that they're going through is because he's allowing it for some reason in their lives mm. and that he's using it to grow them. So mm. I take That's a lot good. of comfort in that. And I found that the best role that I can do is to be available to listen Yeah. and not be quick to jump to advice, but just to ask a lot of questions, because a lot of times they'll kind of figure it out on their, their own if I just ask them the right questions. Mm. And, that, uh, and to trust that they have the brains to be able to, to think through things rationally. And so my role is to help them discern what's kind of the emotional side of what you're speaking mm-hmm. and what's kind of the logical side. And so let's look at this holistically mm-hmm. and let's talk about what's really going on here. Mm. That's good. I, I did literally write that down. Yeah. I wanted you to know, oh, really? to encourage my wife. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I, I love everything about it. God loves my kids more than we do. He uses their circumstances to grow them. But it doesn't make it an, that an easier, right? Like mm. Because you still have memories and you still mm-hmm. look at them as your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah, it's hard for me not to fall into mom mode when I go back to visit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do this, do yeah. that. You know? I know. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> They're Yeah. Well, Angela, thank you so much for mm-hmm. taking just a few minutes out of your schedule this afternoon just to talk to us. Um, mm-hmm. We really oh, appreciate our conversation, and thanks for being so open with us. Mm-hmm. And blessings on so this, this season of ministry. I love the creating, building, equipping. May God use you in that, really, um, for in, in this role with EECC. So. Thank you, thank you, and appreciate all that you're doing to build leaders as well. So, so thank you so much. Great. Yeah. Well, you're listening to Up Next on AM 1160. Um, I'm glad to, an honor to be here this afternoon with you with Doc Feeder and our guest Angela Yee from the Evangelical Covenant Church. For this interview, as well as also future and past interviews, you can go to upnext.city, upnext.city, and we'll talk to you next weekend. You've been listening to Up Next with host Tommy Lee, getting to know another influential leader. To hear past episodes, visit upnext.city. 
That's upnext.city. Join Tommy for Up Next, Saturdays at